Fright Night Minute, a daily podcast where we discuss the original 1985 horror movie Fright Night, one minute at a time. I'm Robin, and we have here with us, straight from the minute-by-minute minute, uh, fortress, filling in for an absent co-host, Niall McGowan from Bat Minute. Mr. Burge. Hello. I've listened to all of your broadcasts, and <laughs> really? I found them very amusing. <laughs> and we also have Rick Ingham from Man Max Minute. Robin, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having us. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, Minute 46 of Fright Night. It begins with Charlie's anxiety and ends with some vile behavior from Peter. Uh, <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> uh, I don't think I'm going to top that. This is end the, that. Let's end that minute now. <laughs> let's go out and hide. Yep. Good night, everybody. <laughs> So uh, I guess before we get started, uh, we'll start with uh, Rick. Are, are you a fan of Fright Night? I will freely admit that I had never seen Fright Night, let alone really heard of Fright Night, until you contacted me about coming on the show. Now, oh, granted, wow. I, did, I have seen the poster because you posted it in the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. But as far as actually experiencing what the movie was, I was a complete newbie. <laughs> and thank goodness you shared a link to watch the video because I sat down and I watched it all in one go. Oh, and cool. I was actually pleasantly surprised. It's a great movie. It, yeah. I didn't expect it to be such a good watch. I don't know what I expected out of it, but I didn't expect it to be <laughs> as enjoyable. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad I sent you the whole movie because you might've been, a, I don't know. It's not that big of a, you, you kind of get the gist as we go into these uh, minutes, what's going on, but. Uh, oh my gosh though. The lack of context when you're talking about what we see in these minutes, uh -huh. it completely changes how you watch this sequence. Like coming in fresh with zero idea who these people are or what's going on. These five minutes, this whole week, it looks like Charlie is freaking out of his mind and just <laughs> throwing accusations wildly. I am yeah. completely on board with Charlie's friends and, oh, don't help me, Peter Vincent. Like, I'm totally on their team. Like, why is Charlie making such a big deal about Chris Sarandon? Right. There's nothing to worry about. He's just screwing with them. Let's be fair, he is Prince Humperdinck. You know, he has a proven track record <laughs> of being a bit of a dick, at least. So. And, Niall, you're from Bat Minute, so I'm assuming you, you've watched all movies involving bats. Uh, well, I'm, I think I'm slightly younger than you fellas, so... <laughs> My history of Fright Night is that I did know about it for uh -huh. many years before I saw it, but mostly because it was, it was the it was the poster, or more specifically the VHS cassette. Because when yeah. I used to go into video shops, and you know, you'd see like back in the day when these have like they used to put a lot more effort into cover art for videos and stuff. And I remember that that um, the, the 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 poster with uh, Ed's face kind of over the house and stuff. Oh no, that's uh, look like that's Amy's face. Is it Amy's face? Yeah, oh, with the jaw's mouth. All oh, right, right, right. <laughs> but uh, for some 
the, when I was a kid, it looked like that was going to be the most frightening film of all time. Right. This thing must be like really extreme horror. And because it was like, oh, you're you're a little kid, you're not allowed to watch that. I had it revered in the back of my head, like up there with like Nightmare on Elm Street. It's like <laughs> this this thing's really scary stuff. And then uh, it was only years past, and I just knew like in the back of my head, like oh yeah, Fright Night's a thing that's out there in the world. And I kind of knew that I cut through like you know. Um, we call it like social photosynthesis. Synthesis. Yeah. Fo- social photosynthesis. There we Are go. You're talking like social osmosis. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, is, is a tree growing in this somewhere? <laughs> social osmosis. Uh, gotcha. Social osmosis Jones. Uh, I managed to uh, just kind of glean the fact, like, oh yeah, Roddy McDowell's in it. And it's about like this kid thinks his neighbor's a vampire and stuff, and Roddy McDowell's like an old. Like a like an old ham, ham hammer horror type actor in it and stuff. Yeah. And then it was only like a couple of years ago. I was like, oh, I must watch that thing just to see what it's like now. I was surprised to find out like, yeah, it's loads of fun. And two, like, it's not so much that it's gory; it's that it's very goopy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you really see much violence towards people as you do see like monsters getting horrifically like eviscerated. Oh, so it kind of yeah. makes it like it seems like. Well, with me now, I'll be like, I'll show this to like a twelve-year-old. So I'll be like, this is a fun movie aimed at a teenage audience. Instead of when I was a kid, who thought I was like, this is strictly for adults. This is scary stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's so, a fun uh, movie. Yeah, I just I know then because there was a whole big fervor about like when the remake came out because there was a lot of people going like, why are you remaking Fright Mike and stuff? And um, I know now that people really like that remake. Although I watched it and I thought it was very, very boring, but uh, mm. maybe maybe that's just me. The only I've seen it once. It, yeah, <laughs> we're not doing that only, minute by minute. <laughs> I think the only saving grace of it was David Tennant, but he's just like a yeah. safe pair of hands anyway. So it's like, well, you want one thing that's guaranteed to be good, just get him in at least. Yeah, Colin Farrell was uh, pretty good in that movie. I mean, uh, the, the whole story goes that Colin actually uh, met Chris, Chris Sarandon. Chris Sarandon played a cameo in that movie, you know, as a character named JD. And uh, Colin went to his trailer with like a bottle of wine, was just like, "Tell me everything." I'm a huge fan, <laughs> so I can respect it in that way. But still, yeah. it's just not as good as this one. <laughs> That's a fun story. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny you say about Goopy. Uh, we were talking about the Saturn Awards last week and how Fright Night was up for many awards. Won, won a few, uh, but actually lost special effects to Back to the Future that year. And really? I just think I'm like comparing like the, the Goopy effects and the, just the fun I, – I, it just – you know, Back to the Future, there's so much just kind of like it's it's the 1950s. There's no real special effects going on. <laughs> maybe it's just the time maybe, machine effects. <laughs> I think that's the thing, though, because maybe because everyone sort of had Back to the Future fused into their DNA now. Yeah. Maybe the special effects don't stand out as impressive because you're like, oh, that's just what that looks like. That's fine. Whereas here, it's like they, the guy melts down to a skeleton. It's amazing. <laughs> but However, maybe Roddy Mc... not noticing the how good the special effects are in Back to the Future are anymore. Yeah. It's kind of like that's because it's doing its job. It's not making a big deal of itself. It's sort of doing the work very well. So you completely buy what's happening uh-huh. instead of being distracted by the special effect. It's yeah, it's pretty amazing, especially uh, Ed's transformation later. Uh, all, yeah. all practical stuff, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Roddy McDowell actually won uh, best supporting over Christopher Lloyd and Crispin Glover that year. So <laughs> minor <Ooh>. victories. <laughs> That's kind of a controversial one. I would give I would give this the effects award. Yeah, yeah. Back to the future. But friggin' Peter Vincent versus Doc Brown, like that's 
That's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I know we're on right night minute, but it's like <laughs> I think yeah. I think Christopher Lloyd's left a Doc Brown's made a deeper impact on my life. I, I feel take that you nonsense know, over to Back to, to the uh, Future minute. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't want to pull bread out of Back to the Future minute's mouth or anything like that. But mm. I'm thinking back to the last time I watched Back to the Future and thinking of when I sat down and watched this movie, and I almost feel like Peter Vincent has a better arc over the course of the film than Doc Brown. Doc Brown just kind of exists throughout the movie. I don't think he grows in as in as a substantial way as Peter Vincent does. Mm -hmm. Cause Peter Vincent goes from actor to hero. Doc Brown goes from mad scientist to mad, mad scientist. scientist. Yeah. <laughs> Younger He's mad like, scientist version. Future He's like mad scientist who says, don't, don't leave clues to the future. And then at the end, he's like, ah, it's okay to do it this one time. Like, that's, <laughs> that's the arc of Doc Brown. Yeah. Yeah, we were actually talking last week of just uh, the performance of Roddy McDowell and those scenes where he's getting the eviction notice and he's got to get his stuff together to help these kids. And uh, I think those those minutes alone uh, just, I don't know, kind of tower over the whole yeah. Dr. Emmett Scott. But, you know, I mean. I mean, I do have to um, – I do have to like give McDowell, you know, props because as we all know, he of course played Batman's greatest foe, mm. uh, the bookworm. Yes, uh, <laughs> still left a performance so defining that no one has they've yet to try to adapt him into the screen since. I can only assume because Brad McDowell was that good. They're like, yeah. well, we're never going to be <laughs> we're him, never so. doing that. We'll do the Joker a couple more times, but uh, <laughs> can't top this, the bookworm. <laughs> this guy, he just loves books. It's crazy. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Although we'll get into it next year for Batman Forever, but like you look at those '60s bookworm episodes, there's a lot of kind of. I think there was a bit of cross pollination when they were doing later stories with the Riddler, where they're just like, you know, let's take a little element. Like this, the spandex outfit's looking kind of stupid these years, but uh, that bookworm out outfit was pretty cool. Let's just <laughs> sort of shift that into the Riddler there. <laughs> we're gonna have to do a, a special bookworm special episode, a crossover or something. You know? Oh yeah, I'll be up for that. Yeah. I was just it's thinking funny that uh, it's funny that you see him more as the bookworm from the 60s because I would more like more readily recognize his voice as that of the Mad Hatter from the animated series. Oh, oh of course. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, for some reason, I was like, certain you're going to say um, Caesar as well from like Planet of the Apes. Right. Well, I think probably, but my instant thought is Planet of the Apes in, in reality. But it's like, uh, no, I completely forgot he did the Mad Hatter as well. So this guy deeply entrounced in Batman lore as well as well. We're actually having the folks from uh, Minute of the Apes stopping by in the last few minutes of the movie, I believe. Uh, hopefully that oh. still works out. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I had to get those guys on. Oh, of course, of course, yeah. Um, all right, so why don't we get into this minute? Um, so we start off, it's the next night. Uh, Charlie's standing around really anxious. He's waiting for Peter. And, uh, yeah, as I was mentioned in the last minute last Friday, um, you know, a vampire has nearly murdered him in his own bedroom. <laughs> he has stocked that bedroom with a whole armory of crosses, steaks, and garlic. Uh, tons of candles, too, by the way. Not that, you know, it's just for lighting, really. Um, and now he's outside away from all that protection waiting in the dark. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, pretty anxious. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, though, like, because, you know, then he says to Amy, like, oh, don't worry, he'll be here. But when he shows up, she sounds more worried than anything. She's got this real, like, here he is, or here he goes. Like, she's, it's like she's terrified that he's here all of a sudden. Yeah. 
Yeah, Ed is even like, listen, he's if he said he's going to be here, he's going to be here. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think they're how both Amy worried. would have an incredible investment in him showing up because she made a financial investment in him showing up. <laughs> yes. It's not so much he's going to expose the vampire. It's like I paid him a five hundred dollar bond <laughs> to be here. He better show up. So right. of course Amy's going to be like, yes, he's here. Oh, uh, that that actually uh, changes the situation because it's like, was it was it money up front? Because if it was money up front, she could be really worried that he took off with her money. Exactly. Oh, um, you know, I'm who's going to believe Peter some business. teenager? I'm certain with Peter, it's going to be money up front too, particularly <laughs> in the situation he's in. Yes. Like, oh, yeah, you pay that right now. Yeah, I love how she just runs right up and opens the door up for him. And like, come on out, you know. And what is she even wearing, by the way? Uh, <laughs> well, this is this is a chaste outfit. Like, I guess Amy's supposed to be very chaste because that's when. Like uh, when the, she sexed up later, it's supposed to be the more yeah. of a contrast. But I don't know. Like I, I, I was a child of the 80s in that I was born in the last three years of the 80s. So I can't speak to this being <laughs> common 80s fashion. Yeah. But it seems a bit much <laughs> for, for even uh, for even back then. Yeah, it was... almost reminds me of the Thriller music video. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now that you think of it, now that I think of it, that that is that is a great comparison. Like change the actress, change the general color scheme of the outfit, but Uh keep the pieces intact. And it looks like the thriller music video to Uh me. That was that was a couple years before this, right? 84, 83. I remember it scared the crap out of me. I was like seven mm-hmm. when I saw it. <laughs> so you think maybe she's just getting on board with that? Uh, you know, in the eighties, kind of late seventies, early eighties. There was that fifties sort of revival mm-hmm. where everyone got really into fifties stuff because you know it's that thirty year cycle when mm-hmm. like every thirty years people just get into whatever was like the era of that time mm-hmm. uh, because people who were kids then have grown up now and they have the power to influence media and stuff. So I wonder if she is kind of going for more of a. Um, like a, like a, you know, a Sandra D. Innocence kind of <laughs> look. That's why she's so. But this is proper. Like you could assume she's going to church or something with this outfit. Yeah. Or a sock hop or something. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you reference Sandra D. Because it is. It's very. It's very Greece-ish, You know, and and Greece definitely was. Or I mean, even if it came out in '78, I think it was on videotape by '85. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and, and the whole, you know, you know, she she literally gets made over <laughs> towards the end of this movie. So with her big... say, with the Peter's outfit, though, yeah. I'm sort of the side of my own headcanon because I think he's what he's what you assume off the bat is that he's like, oh, this is an old outfit from one of his old movies. But because it looks so weird, that got kind of cast off thing off his shoulder and stuff. It's not quite a cape. It's kind of sleeves or something. What I'm choosing to believe is that that was an old tweed coat that he just had of his own. And to make it look like one of those old kind of Van Helsing coats, he's basically cut a hole in the jacket, turned the sleeves inside out. And now he's pretending like, yes, this is my vampire slaying outfit when it's just like an old, like, goodwill coat that he found somewhere that he decided to alter. Oh, I wholeheartedly, I wholeheartedly believe that this is the exact outfit that he wore during his movie appearances. And they and either they allowed him to take it home or he just wore it off the set and no one stopped him. (laughs) (laughs) He does for sure have like late later within the scene and within these minutes. There's stuff that is like, yeah, he swiped that from set. Like that's, and that's why he's like so protective over some things. So I'm like, hey, hey, hey don't, don't, don't yeah. mess around with that. 
Uh, he pulls up in a 1962 Studebaker Lark, by the way, um, mm. which I thought was fun because I looked up, you know, Studebaker is an American car, but it really does look like one of those, you know, teeny European compact cars. So I think it's very, uh, it's, it's something that a, a vampire killer <laughs> <laughs> of his of his of his stature would drive, but uh, uh-huh. in one of the uh, commentaries I found online for Fright Night, they said that they chose uh, this particular car because it looked like a funny car. This <laughs> 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 is like a perfect thing for Peter to be driving around. <laughs> Something that he would buy at the height of his popularity and therefore height of his wealth, and then he just <laughs> held on to it because that was his luxury car. Yeah, and he's not going to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, 1962. Um, but yeah, he is, he's definitely in costume. He's play, play acting. He's he's ready to do the job, get it done, take this teenager savings bond and, 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 you know, save his career. Um, Uh, Do you think guys think this is, this is like a good approach though? Cause he's very with Charlie. He's kind of playing the role a bit too much to me. Like he, when he sees the house, he's like, Oh, I understand what you mean. Like this is distinct possibility. <laughs> like he, why is he even feeding him the idea that like, Oh, you might be right kid. Like mm. I would be just like, no, it's not, I wouldn't show up in the freaking vampire slayer outfit. <laughs> I'd just be like, look, kid, this is ridiculous. Let's go. I'm going to prove to you now how stupid you're being. I'm not going to put on all the, the performance. Like, that's, he's just like, Oh, it's so good to be back in the old, in the old gear. He's yeah. losing a little opportunity to, to flex the acting muscles or something. But. You've got to look at it from the standpoint of this is one part children's birthday party, one part <laughs> intervention. Right. <laughs> because the way that Amy and Ed described it to Peter is that, okay, our friend is going crazy on this situation. He is literally going to break into someone's house and murder that person unless you can come help us talk him out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and he is in character. I, it's funny, I... Uh, I've been listening to the novelization on that they have they have it on the audiobooks for the damned uh, YouTube channel if you ever heard of that good place <laughs> that is a very good place I could not find that book anywhere it was like you know hundreds of dollars uh, on like Amazon's but they were they read they read it on on YouTube audiobooks for the damned and uh, the novelization really uh, it's not my favorite <laughs> not at all <laughs> but they do reveal here uh, that Peter Vincent uh, my co-host Len and I by the way I don't know if I mentioned that Lynn's obviously not here. Uh, he's a little busy this week, but he'll be back with us next week. Um, but we've been going back and forth talking about, like, is Peter Vincent his real name, or is it a character he plays in the movie, or does he just use his real name as as the character in the movie? I, I was confused about that, too, because, yeah. like, they only ever referred to him as Peter Vincent, but it's like, yep. they never say, like, you played Van Helsing or something. They just say, like, oh, it's Peter Vincent, famous vampire hunter. I believe I was even like, on that, the... Was that a franchise? I feel like, is this, like, <laughs> you could have... If you did that modern-day interpretation of this, someone would hire Sarah Michelle Geller and constantly <laughs> refer to her as Buffy the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even on his eviction notice, though, it says Peter Vincent. So uh, he's he's had to have changed his name or he just gives the name. But then in novelization, <laughs> not in the movie, by the way, so this isn't canon, the novelization, they say his real name is Herbert McCoolahy. <laughs> oh, I can see why he changed it then. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty cool last name. At least it's got, it's got cool in it. So. Oh, that's true. That's true. McCooley. Yeah. We can't all be like Michael Keaton and just start off with an already cool name. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. 
so he steps out. He's very quick with the uh, introductions. I love the polite good evening, good evening to Ed and Amy. Um, and he says, Charlie Brewster, I presume. Uh, which, of course, is <laughs> which, using the the Dr. Livingston, I presume. He knows full well that this is Charlie. Charlie accosted him outside of the studio already. He's already been introduced. There's none of this, oh, charmed, I'm sure. It's like you already know each other. Don't don't act like you don't. Do you guys know where the Dr. Livingston, I presume, comes from? I, I actually had to look it up. Um, it, I, I, I thought maybe it was from a, uh, a movie, but I mean, technically, yes, because there's movies based on the real person whose name is uh, David Livingstone. Um, he's a Scottish explorer who traipsed through Africa, went missing for like six years, and the New York Herald sent out a journalist and explorer named Henry Stanley to find him. He finds him in Tanzania, and when they meet, you know, there is, you know, Scottish explorer, you know, probably pale white, uh, standing there amongst you know, all African people. And he's, and Stanley says, Dr. Livingston, I presume. So it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like a, that's very silly to ask me this, you know, duh, like that, no shit. (laughs) (laughs) So it almost applies the same way here. It's like, yeah, no shit. I'm Charlie. You've met me already. (laughs) I'm the crazy one pacing nervously. Um, I mean, he didn't know if Charlie had a twin or not. It could be that <laughs> That's true. instead of being Charlie Brewster, this is Peter Brewster, <laughs> named after his hero. This you could know? be a Nicholas Brendan situation here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the actual Charlie could be crouched in the bushes like he likes to do. Mm. Wait, are but you Zach like Galligan? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it does kind of lend credence to the idea, though, that Peter's – he's putting – he's going into the old acting boots. Like, this is him, like, putting on the role of Peter Vincent now. So yeah. he's kind of stepping out of the car as if, like, yes, now I'm in character. And, oh, yeah. you know, Charlie Brewster. I was, like, when you first met me, I was a grumpy old getting man. Getting kicked out of my goddamn job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, Peter says, now, where is the lair of the suspected creature of the night? And I just love watching Amy and Ed in the background of these minutes, you know, they're both chuckling and like, I can understand why Ed might be chuckling because he thinks Charlie's being uh, an idiot, like, you know, a quote unquote, a fruitcake. Uh, but Amy, I just think it's almost out of character to see her kind of, I don't know, like jeering, you know, in the background all week, because I think she's really concerned about him. (laughs) Why would she find this funny? You know, but, um, I mean, they are basically. (laughs) Yeah. Like she'd prefer to not see Charlie go to jail for murder. (laughs) So she sees this as the dog and pony show that she assumes it is. So Charlie, all serious, points to the Dandridge house and says, there. Uh, and the house does look a bit ominous. It's a nice establishing shot. Of, and, it, you know, the fog machine is roaring away in front of the Dandridge home. And, I'm almost a little disappointed in Billy and Jerry because they're supposed to be renovating this place, I assume. Yeah. And I'm sure you want to start on the interior when you renovate a home. But, I mean... Just start clearing some of that green off of that front of the house. Like tear down those vines. Yeah. Trim up the trees. Do something to increase curb appeal, if nothing else. <laughs> well, I think the last thing they wanted people to actually walk up to that door. So like trick or treat and get out of here. Uh, <laughs> oh come on. Jehovah's Billy Witnesses. is perfectly personable. Oh, that's He's true. a charming gent. <laughs> uh, or whatever he is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we we never find out. <laughs> so we'll, we'll discuss that in those minutes. Whew. Um, you know, and and, and uh, we've talked to Jonathan Stark already on this podcast, and and he has no idea either. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
so so Peter, armed with the holy water, steps toward the house and is stopped by Charlie, who is really upset. Like, where are your stakes and hammer? And he's like, in my bag. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which, which, you know, it's like uh, now we really know as a viewer that Peter Vincent doesn't mean business because Peter Vincent carries his weapons in an enormous box. <laughs> so if you meant business, he'd be j- lucking this giant box uh, in there with him. But no. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, an old man, too. Like, he's going to hold this damn thing everywhere I go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just bring this little vial. They should be surprised that he does that he still keeps the box on a strap and he doesn't have it on little rolling wheels that he drags behind him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, exactly, with the little box. handle. <laughs> box was a lot lighter when I was younger. <laughs> um, Back in the day, though, like that's the thing of like you see vampire. We're we're in an age now though where we've kind of had you know generation of of Buffy where we saw a vampire slayer who was incredibly athletic and was zipping around and doing loads of like you know impressive for 90s TV stuff but like back in the day vampire hunters are very this always seemed very unathletic (laughs) like they're always in these very restrictive suits and big thick coats and stuff yeah it was was a gentleman's sport (laughs) yeah it really seems like this old guy's like oh this guy's gonna be able to take care of a vampire (laughs) I was like I don't know nowadays I wouldn't trust him they'll be like I think he's gonna get killed within two damn seconds because he doesn't look like he's ready to deal with anything it's funny how how Buffy you know I'm, I'm a huge fan of that show you know um and how Buffy kind of took the classic vampire uh, killer, the Van Helsing, and made him into the Watcher, the the person that stands behind the <laughs> superhero. Yeah. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. that makes more sense that way. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's, you get some. It's like uh, it's like a captain of a ship. It's just like, oh yeah, you sent out you send out someone who's trained to do these things for you, but you stay mm-hmm. in the back and strategize and stuff. It yeah. makes more. Yeah. Well, that's oh, how it I would was have loved the book. scene. You know, yeah. uh, that's how it was in the book. Van Helsing had his crew of guys that were around him. They were, you know, personally linked to, the, to Mina to run around him and do all the heavy lifting while he was just there saying, oh, yeah, this, you got to do this, this, mm-hmm. this, and this. And the okay, Americans well, got his guns, you know, because America. Yeah. <laughs> Even the, uh, the Christopher Lee original, too. One of those guys was played by Michael Goff, who's Alfred. Oh, yeah. And Schumacher Batman movies. Ah. So Sign in together. <laughs> and I believe Master Blaster was a vampire hunter himself. No, wait, I can't make this work. <laughs> Tina Turner back in the. <laughs> oh, we had werewolves in Australia, not so much vampires. Uh, vampires is more uh, New Zealand. Uh, I'd like to see Tina Turner in Howling. Uh, so that'd be cool. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, yeah, Charlie's very outraged. Peter's just going to march them into this dangerous place with just a vial of water. And Peter says, you know, they've made an agreement. He's going to prove that he's a vampire. Uh, but because Peter has to know, even though Charlie already knows, Peter has to be has to be proven to Peter. It's not a very smart plan. But, you know, to them, yeah. it's this is just running through the motions and not threatening a man's life. <laughs> I feel like Charlie should be tipped off that this is going to be all just a stage play when Peter said I've or he has agreed to drink this. And it's like, mm-hmm. what? you don't call the enemy and say, <laughs> Oh, pardon me. Is it all right? If I storm your gates at two o'clock tomorrow afternoon, that's like, true. But I'm, um, you know, even from Charlie's point of view, he might be like thinking that Jerry's thinking, ah, more, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to really eat tonight. You know? <laughs> yeah. March them all in. <laughs> well, uh, I think that's it for this minute. You guys have anything else? No, no, not the, nothing that can't be crossed over into other minutes. Uh-huh. 
All right. Well, uh, let's let's start with Niall. Niall, where can people find you? Uh, well, you can find me and my work uh, through Google. If you just Google Bat Minutes, uh, we're covering the uh, Batman's movies of the 80s and 90s, uh, the first four uh, one minute at a time. We do it three days a week. And, um, yeah, we're just... I think by the time this airs, we'll be like done and dusted with Batman Returns, and then later in the year, we'll be gearing up for Batman Forever. And so, like, you'll have two whole seasons to, to delve into. Uh, we have a good time over there, so uh, feel free to hop on in anytime. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're, we'll probably be recording pretty much most of this before we actually release it. So, yeah, these aren't going to come out until later. So, so okay. cool, cool. Um, and Rick. Well, real quick, when you say coming out till later, are they going to come out in 2019 at all, or are you releasing in 2020? I'd like to have them, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll probably drop, like, at the early early fall, I'd say. Um, okay. You know, late summer at the, at the earliest, I'd say. Gotcha. All right. Uh, as for my stuff, you can find everything that I do alongside with my co-host, Julia. We do the Mad Max series of movies one minute at a time, which you can find at madmaxminute.com. So far, we have covered the original in 1979, its sequel, The Road Warrior, in 1981. We went all the way beyond Thunderdome in 1985, and we are currently going through Mad Max Fury Road from 2015. And that's going to last all the way through to the end of 2019. Cool. And and you're another uh, three days a week uh, podcast, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Why didn't I think of that? Uh (laughs) (laughs) Not too late. Uh, That's that's true. Well, I've been saying Monday and Tuesday. I can't. Just go back and ADR yourself. (laughs) We we sound a little odd. (laughs) We we did that for the first season of Batman. We started (laughs) off, I think, the first month or something we recorded, and we were doing it five days a week. And we hadn't released anything yet. And then we just went like, we can't do this. And we just went back and like... Just redub yeah. the end of episodes and stuff to say instead of Tuesday, we'd say Wednesday and stuff like that. Welcome to Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's time we put a stake in this one. Follow us on Twitter at Fright Night Min. Send your feedback to Fright Night Minute at gmail.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, I'm Robin. I'm Rick. I'm Niall. Thanks for listening. Have a fright night, everyone. <laughs> He's a vampire. A what? (laughs) (laughs) You're so...